Hello, God morning. Welcome to Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. I'm your host, Pamela Staten, and today is August 10th. Wow, growing up August 10th was a national holiday in my house. Um, it was my father's birthday, and I never met anyone better than him, <laughs> and I never met anyone as great as him. So I'm dedicating today's podcast to my dad, who I know resides in heaven, with my father, <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Good morning, God. You're ushering in another day untouched and freshly new. So here I come to ask you, God, if you'll renew me too. Forgive the many errors that I made yesterday. And let me try again, dear God, to walk closer in thy way. But Father, I am well aware I can't make it on my own. So take my hand and hold it tight, for I can't walk alone. Here's an advertisement for Pray With Me. Let's get these blessings started. And welcome back. We're going to cover a lot of ground today. Okay, here's a prayer that I need, feeling some aches and pains. Heavenly Father, I call on you right now in a special way. It is through your power that I was created. Every breath I take, every morning I wake, and every moment of every hour I live under your power. Father, I ask you now to touch me with that same power, for if you created me from nothing, you can certainly recreate me. Fill me with the healing power of your spirit. Cast out anything that should not be in me. Mend what is broken. Root out any unproductive cells. Open any blocked arteries or veins and rebuild any damaged areas. Remove all inflammation and cleanse any infection. Let the warmth of your healing love pass through my body to make new any unhealthy areas so that my body will function the way you created it to function. And Father, restore me to full health in mind, body, and spirit so that I may serve you the rest of my life. I ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And then just for today, I will try to live through this day only and not tackle all my problems at once. Just for today, I will be happy. Most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Just for today, I will adjust myself to what is and not try to adjust everything to my own desires. I will take my luck as it comes and fit myself to it. Just for today, I will try to strengthen my mind. I will study. I will learn something useful. 
I will not be a mental loafer. I will read something that requires effort, thought, and concentration. Just for today, I will exercise my soul in three ways. I will do somebody a good turn, and I will do at least two things that I don't want to do. I will not show anyone that my feelings are hurt. They may be hurt, but today I will not show it. Just for today, I will be agreeable. I will look as well as I can, dress becomingly, and keep my voice low, be courteous, criticize not one bit. I won't find fault with anything, not try to improve or regulate anybody but myself. Just for today, I will have a program. I may not follow it exactly, but I will have it. I will save myself from two pests, hurry and indecision. Just for today, I will have a quiet half hour all by myself. I will relax. During this half hour, I will try to get a better perspective on my life. Just for today, I will be unafraid. Especially, I will not be afraid to enjoy what is beautiful and to believe that as I give to the world, so the world will give to me. Amen. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. Amen. Waiting for God's timing is neither passive nor idle. It takes discipline and commitment. I can think of four basic requirements for successful waiting. Number one is faith. The Lord's ways and timing are nothing like ours. From a human standpoint, he usually does things in a totally different way than we expect. But as we trust him more, you'll discover that his approach isn't so strange after all. And when we live in harmony with God's will, His timing starts to make sense. Number two, humility. To wait for the Lord, you must be convinced of your need for Him. Submission to His divine will requires humility. You cannot charge ahead with your own plans and at the same time be fully surrendered to God. Number three is patience. Are you willing to remain in your current position until you receive clear divine direction? 
Well, pausing for clarity from God does not mean that you disengage and allow circumstances to fall apart around you. Waiting upon the Lord is a deliberate decision that requires patience. And number four, courage. Waiting for God often takes courage, especially when there's pressure to act. If you're not careful, you might stop listening to the Lord and follow other advice. So keep your ear attuned to the voice of Almighty God and you won't go wrong. Waiting upon the Lord is one of the wisest, most important decisions we make in life. And contrary to popular assumptions, it is an active endeavor that requires faith, humility, patience, and courage. When you rely upon God and wait for His timing, the various facets of life fall into place. Amen. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And we're reading the Proverbs. Okay, here we go with Proverbs 10. These are God's instructions for today. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from death. The Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. Blessings crown the head of the righteous, but violence overwhelms the mouth of the wicked. The name of the righteous is used in blessings, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Whoever winks maliciously causes grief, and a chattering fool comes to ruin. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of one who has no sense. The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool invites ruin. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city, but poverty is the ruin of the poor. The wages of righteous the wages of the righteous is life, but the earnings of the wicked are sin and death. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. 
Sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. Lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of sense. The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes, but a person of understanding delights in wisdom. What the wicked dread will overtake them. What the righteous desire will be granted. When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so are sluggards to those who send them. The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. The prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hopes of the wicked come to nothing. The way of the Lord is a refuge for the blameless, but it is the ruin of those who do evil. The righteous will never be uprooted, but the wicked will not remain in the land. From the mouth of the righteous comes the fruit of wisdom, but a perverse tongue will be silenced. The lips of the righteous know what finds favor, but the mouth of the wicked only what is perverse. And those are your Proverbs for today. That only took four minutes. Read your Proverbs. They're powerful. Stay with us. Kindly plead for me that I may truly make Jesus my trailblazer to glory. May I heed the Father's bidding and listen to Jesus who speaks to us through the scriptures, homilies, inspirations, and daily happenings. As hearer and doer of the word, may I be found pleasing to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Powerful advocate in all our needs, I turn to you today with faith and love. You have helped countless children of God to find the things they have lost, material things, and more importantly, the things of the Spirit, faith, hope, and love. I come to you with confidence in your favor before God who hears your pleas for those in need. Forget me not in your place of heavenly glory and intercede for my needs and intentions. Amen. You made the gospel your guidebook and rule of life. You attached supreme importance to the new commandment so dear to the heart of Jesus. Confidently, I bring to you all my prayer intentions. May I make a grateful return to Jesus for his love by wanting and trying to love others because our Savior loves us all. Amen. Dear Saints, I admit my weaknesses to you, my instability, and my many needs. How difficult it is for me to pray with the faith and trust I should have. Please come to my aid now and secure me for the help I require to be more frequent, fervent, 
and faithful in my prayers to God and all the saints. You always sought to promote the blessedness of peace, never the tumult of discord. Turmoil and strife still prevail today in utter disregard of Christ's farewell gift of peace, that I may truly appreciate this gift and yearn to share it. I lift my heart in prayer. Amen. Thank you, St. Anthony, in advance. Okay, we're going to dig a little deep today. And I know that this message will help me as much as it will help you. So the question I'm taking from the Charles F. Stanley Bible is, should I tithe when I'm struggling financially? From the human perspective, the Bible may seem to be a book of paradoxes. It says, for example, that if we really want to have life, we must first lose it. If we want to understand authority, we must first become a servant. If we want to be exalted, we must first humble ourselves. And giving to God is the first step toward financial freedom. You may ask, how can I give God anything when I can't even pay my bills? Well, doesn't God expect me to take care of my debts first? At first glance, such a concern sounds reasonable. The problem is it disregards God's authority and perspective. He insists that if we don't give, then we are robbing him and we will end up in worse financial shape than ever. We should always keep in mind that everything we have is from God and it's all his in the first place. First Chronicles 29:14 says, All things come from you and of your own we have given you. Therefore, what God asks of us is not unreasonable. He instructs, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain, that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. This tithe is merely 10% of all he has provided for us, and he asks us to give it to him as an acknowledgement of his provision and evidence of our trust in him. Also, when we place our trust in him, he rewards us with many blessings. As he promises in Malachi 3.10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. As we know, God promises, God's promises have been tried and proven, so we can trust that when we obey him, he will pour out his blessings upon us, just as he promised. You may wonder, should I tithe when I'm struggling financially? Should I devote 
tenth of my income to the Lord when I already find it impossible to make ends meet? The answer is inequivocally yes. Since God owns it all, you can trust him with all you have. He can bless your 90% and make it stretch further than you ever imagined. This is not an exercise of fiscal ingenuity, but of faith. God doesn't need your money. Rather, he wants you to discover the rewards of obedience. That's why submitting to him in the area of finances is the prerequisite for enjoying true freedom. It is only when you truly trust and obey him that you see all that he can do in and through you. Therefore, trust God and watch him work in your life. Amen. And in closing, thank you for coming to pray with me. Let's get these blessings started. Uh, Today was awesome. Let's do one more prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. Amen. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.